Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's September 23, 2013, and this is episode 388. We're back in Iceland this week with the second part of a travelogue series to cover my first tour there a few weeks ago from August 25 to September 5, 2013. We had an amazing time with beautiful light and beautiful scenery and a great group to travel with. It turned out to be a very special two weeks. We pick up the trail at the start of August 29 with a brief visit to Gesur to photograph the geyser from which the English took the, the name for geysers. Every five to eight minutes it spouts water up to 70 meters high and it's really quite impressive. It was a grey day when we were there but with a little bit of processing the images are still quite impressive especially in black and white as we can see here. I shot this at ISO 1600 to get a, a shutter speed of 800th of a second at f5.6. I tried longer exposures here as well, but they lacked the impact of the fast exposure with the water frozen in the air. I used a focal length of 26mm for this shot, which I thought would be enough to get the entire burst in. But as you can see, this particularly high eruption went out of the top of the frame. That doesn't bother me too much, though it would have been nice to have had it in there, you know, without cropping it off at the top. But the crop does show the power and the height of the water. You can also see here that there's a second smaller spurt starting as well. This and a couple of the surrounding frames are the only ones on which I saw this. I used the Canon EOS 1DX body for this shoot as it was raining heavily and I didn't know if we'd end up splashing, you know, getting splashed with the water from the geyser as well. I also though wanted the faster frame rate so that I could get more frames out of the burst so that I could get more selection options from the series. Note too that when you're just standing waiting for the water, the geyser to spout, there are people standing on the other side of the geyser. But once it erupts, the water hides them all, so it's not a big deal. The black and white conversion here with Silver Effects Pro also enabled me to create more separation between the water of the geyser and the grey sky behind. After Geyser, we drove over to Grutefoss. And note that the in Icelandic, two L's together is LT, not LL. So it's not Gulfos, it's Gurtfos. And this is the largest waterfall that we'd photograph on the tour. We started off shooting from the angle that you can see here. From this point, you, can, you can't really see the gorge that runs between the rocks to the right of this frame. So it's almost like the water just disappears into a giant hole in the ground. I've, as I've mentioned in the past, I don't really research the locations that I'm going to be shooting when I visit a place for the first time, unless it's a scouting trip, and then obviously I need to know more about the places that I'm personally scouting. For the Iceland tours though, I've teamed up with photographer Tim Follmer, 
who would guide us to each of the locations. So I could turn up with zero preconceptions as to what I wanted to shoot. This can be a good and a bad thing. I can, of course, miss the best spots to shoot if I'm not attentive enough, but I risk that when possible so that I can start with a clean canvas, as it were. At Goodfoss, we, uh, I was basically totally in awe of the size and power of these falls, as I had no idea what we were going to see on this day. This was a 1.3 second exposure at f16 at ISO 100. The slightly long exposure causes the water to blur nicely, giving the water that beautiful dreamy silky effect that I like. To bring out the texture in the rocks and the sky, as with most of the colour shots that we're, we're looking at, I used Nick Software's Colour Effects Pro. Generally, I apply a small amount of detail extractor and tonal contrast, and uh, those two filters stack together. Because the greens don't usually come out as vibrant as they were in real life, I also have been applying the foliage filter, with between 5 and 30 on the slider, depending on how much green I needed to pull out, that is. This next frame I converted to black and white in Silver Effects Pro as I cropped much closer, meaning that there was no lush green grass to lament the loss of. For this shot, I increased the ISO to 200, still at f16, for 0.8 second exposure. I wanted a slightly faster exposure here so that the people that were moving around didn't blur too much. I like a bit of movement or a lot sometimes, depending on the image, but here I only wanted about this much. And this next shot was from the back of that small plateau that the people were standing on in the last shot. At this point, I left the shutter speed at 0.8 seconds at f14 ISO 200 because there was a fair amount of wind and the slightly shorter exposure gave me a better chance of getting my shots between the gusts of wind that can make the shot a little bit soft. I was using my Series 2 Really Right Stuff tripod with the BH40 ball head, which is the little brother of the BH55. The BH40 is still exceptionally sturdy, but just slightly more susceptible to a gust of wind in a long exposure. It's still better than any other ball head that I'd used from any other manufacturer mind. On the way along the track between the plateau and the first vantage point that I shot from, there's an area, probably 30 metres or so, where the water from the fawns is blowing relentlessly across the track. It's the point where you just want to hunker down and walk through the cold spray, but it's also the point where I shot this image. This is probably one of my favourite shots from the trip. Of course, the trick with a shot like this is keeping the water off the filter. I was using a three-stop ND8 neutral density filter for the slow shutter speed. A tip for keeping the filter dry is to use your air blower and not a lens cloth. A lens cloth just smears the water and it gets wet itself quite quickly. A blower will just blow the beads of water off to the edges of the filter where they won't be in the shot and it don't, doesn't leave any smearing at all. Even so, in the split second after blowing the water off the front of the lens and then starting the 0.8 seconds of the exposure, 
the spray can still start to build up on the filter again. And I had a few drops that made their way onto the filter for this exposure, but I was able to remove them in Photoshop with Content-Aware Fill. Note too here that this is one of the few angles where you can actually see that the gorge is there, where the water is flowing off from the falls. I think this is probably one of the best views of the falls, despite the fact that the majority of the cascades and the rest of it is not even included. The following day, on August 30, after a good drive and fording a couple of rivers in our bus, we arrived at the awe-inspiring Landmannerlöger. This is a beautiful area in the Highlands with a lava field and a view of some of the most magnificent and colourful mountains I've ever seen. We did about a 5mm hike up into and around the lava field and on, this, on the way I shot this first image which shows the lava field covered with the thick luxurious moss that gives much of this landscape its lush green colour. I shot this particular frame because my eyes were drawn by the jagged line of lava that outlined the slightly lower level of moss which leads our eye into the frame. Towards the steam from the volcanic vents and the mountain in the background. Shortly after that we came to the edge of the lava field and looked out across the valley to the colourful mountains that we see in the distance in this photo. The light was ever-changing on this day. We had bursts of sunlight, cloudy rain and even snow by this point. The wind kept the clouds moving relatively quickly, so sometimes the valley would be in cloud and if you wait a while it will be flooded with sunlight again like this. You can see how I aligned the dip in the lava foreground with the river running through the valley there's a sheep visible just to the right of centre. The mountains are punctuated with patches of moss and a waterfall. I filmed almost half of the frame with the foreground so that we can see that we're in a lava field and then let the top half of the image just speak for itself. Kind of following on from the advice I gave last week about using live view to check your focus throughout the frame rather than using the calculated hyperfocal distance. Note that this is the sort of location where I instinctively just focus about a third of the way into the frame and stop down the aperture a little and all is good. Here I recall focusing manually in live view on the moss covered mound in the left of the frame and I knew that because there wasn't anything really close to the camera that everything in the frame would be tack sharp, and it is. And that was at 50mm at f16. In this next image, I included the bright, almost white, featureless sky in a full half of the frame. I used this composition to show that I was looking back towards the sun, and we get an, an extra visual clue from the rim light outlining the moss on the lava in the foreground. Exposing to the right as usual, and that enabled me to capture the shadow side of the lava brightly enough to be able to still see the detail. This is one of those times when leaving the exposure up to the camera would have made the foreground almost a silhouette. 
I also shot this because there's that trail leading us towards the steam from the volcanic vents and into the light. Allow me to sidetrack a little here as I wanted to talk a little bit about the weatherproofing on the Canon EOS 5D Mark III. I generally use my 1 series Canon bodies when working in weather like this as they are totally waterproof. You can't dunk them in water but otherwise they will handle a full day outside in torrential rain without batting an eyelid. When Canon released the 5D Mark III they explained that it had improved weatherproofing over the 5D Mark II and at the launch event that I attended in Tokyo they explained that the enclosure for the main dial behind the shutter button for example would now prevent water from entering the camera as the dial is turned. But still, the only actually weatherproof Canon camera bodies are the 1 series bodies and I decided to put the 5D Mark III to the test. I'll give it its due, it held up pretty well in worse weather than I expected but shortly after shooting the last shot it died. I switched to the 1DX for the last couple of frames that we'll look at today and the 5D Mark III didn't come back to life the following day which I would hope it would once it dried out a little. I wrapped it in some dry clothes and put it in my suitcase as we moved on to the next location and then the day after that I'd started to resign myself to shooting with the 1DX for the rest of the trip but you know two days after it died I took the 5D Mark III out of the case turned it on again and it had come back to life. It did get wet again and was okay so I think I just pushed it too far out on the lava fields but one takeaway for you here is if you're going to Iceland or similar conditions with only one camera if it isn't fully weatherproof make sure you keep a cover on the camera. I personally hate using covers which is one of the reasons why I also buy one series bodies but you know, like for example when I go to Antarctica where the cameras get wet a lot, I have been taking my 1, 1DS and the 1DX, but I sold the 1DS recently to put the money toward, towards another purchase. I'd have probably taken the 5D anyway as I love that camera, but without the backup option, I'd perhaps have been a little bit kinder to it. Having shifted to the 1DX I started down the track that would lead us to the edge of the lava field and along the valley back to our bus. This was still about the furthest point from the bus so there was probably around 2 kilometers or more to go but as I started to walk I turned and saw the volcanic vents and steam from the moss as the sun hit it giving me this incredibly dramatic view. Despite the lush green moss, this just works better in black and white, with the contrasty sky. Some people are pretty vocal about the fact that, you know, some people process images with very dark, almost black skies like this. I personally love this look, and because it's my art, I can do what I want with it. This feels much more like the almost apocalyptic scene that I feasted my eyes upon. In this last shot for today we see the sprinkling of snow that had just fallen on the mountain and the mist coming out of the valley between me and the mountain. 
A friend on Google Plus had asked why I didn't go wider on this shot, but I really think people go wide on landscapes too often. When I look at a scene, the first thing I ask myself is what is it about the scene that has caught my attention? Here it was the snow on the mountain and the mist. I shot it at 45mm, but had I gone wider, all we'd gain is more foreground and rocks but the mountain and mist would become much smaller in the frame and the impact would be lost. It's your call, of course, but don't just automatically go for wide on landscapes. What I call intimate landscapes are often much more compelling. So that's it for this episode. If you'd like a sneak preview of the entire Iceland portfolio, it's viewable under the portfolios menu on my site. And also note that we are now taking bookings for the 2014 Iceland tour, which will be run from September 22 to October 3, 2014. These are great dates, as the days will be a bit shorter. And although I wasn't expecting Aurora, even on this year's tour, I now know that this gives us a better chance of seeing some Aurora without eating into our sleep time too much. It would be great to see you there, so take a look at the details of our Iceland tour on the page. This is linked now to the Tours and Workshops link at the top of martinbaileyphotography.com as well. But you can also get there with the short link mbp.ac slash Iceland 2014. Thanks very much for listening today. Remember that you can find me on Google Plus and Twitter and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbayleafphotography.com so do drop by and take a look I'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime you take care and have a great week whatever you're doing bye bye